You're listening to In My DM Podcast. I'll be having one-on-one conversations with the movers and shakers of the Des Moines Metro. We're discovering what makes Des Moines the fastest growing city in the Midwest. I'm Crystal and I'm your host. I'm a West Side transplant, pop culture enthusiast, beauty blogger, and solo entrepreneur. This is In My DM Podcast. Hey there, and welcome back to In My DM Podcast. Today, I am in the East Village, and I am at, frankly, the greatest store in the universe. Yes. And I'm here with someone who really needs no introduction, the President of the United States. (laughs) Or his mom really likes to call him Mike. Yeah. Mike Draper, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Welcome. This is uh, Raygun, which has been called the greatest store in the universe by (laughs) Raygun, which is a real honor. So you and I have a bit of a connection, and I'll let you tell the people about oh, sure. where well, you're from. Yeah, so you currently live in Van Meter, and Van Meter is where I grew up. So from 1982 to 2000, I was in Van Meter. Yeah, Van Meter, America. It's yep. uh, yeah, so Van Meter, <laughs> if you're not familiar, is just a small-ish town right outside uh, Des Moines, so it's about 15 minutes west. And it's it's really not a bad place. I mean, it's got the uh, the Veterans Cemetery. It's a beautiful place, especially at Christmas or the Fourth of July. Just driving around up in there, it's so pretty. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not a place that you would really be that familiar with because at the interstate exit, there's no like gas station. There's no real <laughs> reason to exit <laughs> yeah, unless you're really going not. to Van Meter. So it seems more out of the way than it really is. But it's. I mean, it, growing up there was great because it was you know close to Des Moines, so you don't feel particularly isolated. But it was a small Class A school. So when I graduated in 2000 I think there were like 34 people in my graduating class 30 something like that and we were kind of a big class my brother's was I think only 25 people three years before me and that really blew my mind because Jason like I told you grew up there and I was like everybody in one school because I told you I grew up in Atlanta so it was huge like my school had two two stories and it was just a high school so I thought how do they it was like some Laura Ingalls stuff. Like, how do they fit everybody in one school? Yeah, we were K through 12 all in one building. So the big year was uh, after fourth grade, you would go upstairs for fifth grade and get a locker. So upstairs was five through 12. So from fifth grade on, I was just upstairs. And it it makes for an interesting environment to see your fifth grade teacher literally like every single day. My fifth grade classroom (laughs) was just across the hall from where you would do, you know, like algebra two and all of your high school math. And it was, yeah, it's kind of hard to describe. And it's when I I went out East for college and people were like, it was a public school. And you're like, yeah, (laughs) they're like, why weren't there more people there? It's like, oh, we wanted more people. It's just the town only had 900. There was only so many kids. So yeah, truth, truth. So it's funny because three people on my like I'm coming for you list that I want to interview are all from Van Meter. So oh, I mean, really? You heard Whoa. it here first. Van Meter, <laughs> Iowa, where the stars are born. Yeah, we are right? all. It's the who's who of people who have left Van Meter and only gotten as far as Des Moines, I guess. <laughs> Well, that's all right. There's worse things. So give us a brief history of Raygun, because I have to tell you, when we first moved here, Raygun was very instrumental. The brand kind of like when we first got here, I kept seeing these cars with native stickers. Oh, yeah. And then I saw one that said transplant. And I was like, 
I have to get that <laughs> sticker because I have to put it next to my Texas flag on my car to let everybody yeah. know that I am held here against my will. Yeah. You know, and then slowly it's changing. So now I'm more we of even a transplant. Have the, yeah, we even have the captive stickers. So it's native transplant and then captive. So it depends on like what uh, spectrum you're on. Yeah, that's the one I got, the captive. <laughs> I got the captive sticker and it's on my car. And then now like I'm kind of, it's been two years and I'm kind of pulling away a little bit from Texas. Like my grandmother passed away. It's very sad, but I feel like my connection there is kind of kind of fading a little bit. So now I'm like, well, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a transplant now. Yeah, we've always, I mean, so I grew up in Van Meter, but my dad is from Connecticut and my mom is from Michigan, but her parents grew up in Iowa. So even though I grew up here, it was always, you're slightly separated in that we would grow up watching, you know, Michigan sports. And if we want to go see our grandparents, we would go to Michigan or to Connecticut. And so there was always a little bit of an outsider's view of Iowa, even though I've lived here now like 32 of 37 years or something like that. And so graduated from Van Meter in 2000, went to the University of Pennsylvania to study history, started selling T-shirts my senior year at Penn because I had no other hope of like gainful employment, I guess. I got rejected for a master's fellowship, didn't apply to grad schools, didn't apply for any jobs. And so when a friend suggested that we start selling T-shirts on campus, I was kind of like, yeah, I've got the next 50 years of my life free, so why not? Let's do it. (laughs) And started selling T-shirts out east after graduation for several months and then a friend in New York from Des Moines suggested that I move back to Iowa to open a store and I had never really thought about it until then and was like yeah you know what I should do that and she said yeah they're redoing all these buildings on the east side you should just move back and so moved back in with my parents in Van Meter a buddy of mine's dad had a screen printing shop in Van Meter he used to do like all of our football t-shirts and stuff So I learned how to screen print in his dad's shop and like just a pole barn behind his house and then opened the store in the fall of 2005 at East 4th and Locust, which is about a block from where we are now. And so in the first two years, it was just me. So I rang up every sale, printed every shirt. Uh, unclog the toilet after you clog the toilet you know who you are (laughs) and it has slowly grown since then to what it is now which is you know roughly six stores 100-ish people large website so yeah it's significantly bigger than where it started that's for sure six locations and is there one coming yeah so we're opening our sixth in May but I mean we've already signed the lease so we round up so the Des Moines store was the original in 05, opened Iowa City in 2009, Kansas City in 2014, Cedar Rapids in 2016, Chicago last year in 2019, and then we'll open Omaha at least this year and maybe a second store this year. So. And are they all doing as well as the East Village store? Like, has the, the Ray Gun bug spread? Yeah. I mean, all the stores do pretty well. The Des Moines store is still, obviously, your like home base store is going to do better. Just it's had it's like 10 years older than our even Cedar Rapids store. So it's had so long to build up and, you know, has connected to like the community longer. But we are, you know, inching our way closer to becoming like slightly more of a multi-state regional brand, which is nice to see. That's awesome. That's so exciting. So was is there another person did you guys start together and someone else was like bought out or kind of left or? No, it's just me. I mean, in the very, very, very beginning, there was another guy who was selling T-shirts with me at Penn. But he stopped doing that after like a few weeks. <clears throat> when I moved back, um, 
uh, my friend from Van Meter was, you know, semi-involved in like the printing and taught me how to print. But when I opened the store in 05, it was like just me. We've had, you know, lots and lots of people over the years who have worked here. And then we like 8-7 Central is a company that I used to run and then sold coincidentally to two other guys from Van Meter and they do screen printing. Um, one of the printers from 8-7 uh, Ashley, she runs like Side Garage in Valley Junction. One of our former uh, designers and printers, John Bosley, runs Boz Prints in Valley Junction. One of our former like web people runs Now Now, which is a like web design company. And mm-hmm. so, in you know, in essence, this place has kind of been a real like design incubator for the city of Des Moines. And that there's, I think, six other companies that have grown out of uh, people who have like worked here over the years. So. That's amazing. I love that. So do you find it challenging to be more on the progressive side of politics, but also support issues on both sides? For example, Iowa needs teachers. You know, teachers are on both sides of the spectrum, but the message Iowa needs teachers is supported by everyone. Yeah, I it's never really I mean, we didn't start the store to like push one particular agenda and you're not necessarily like a mouthpiece for the Democratic Party we're in the business of, you know, humor first and foremost. So the the store is meant to be fun and the categories are, you know, funny, Midwestern, progressive, kind of in that order. And so I don't know. It's if you're in the business of humor, you're kind of used to, you know, offending somebody at all times. Like it's always you never know who is going to take something the wrong way as long as you're coming from. So you just kind of want to make sure that you're coming from a place of you know, at least good intentions. We're not making jokes just to be mean to people. And we're not taking stands of stuff that is just trendy. We're taking stands of things that we actually believe in. They're important. Yeah, I, it's hard for me to underestimate how important like public education is in America in terms of like the great equalizer. And I think once you start chipping away at these you know, public institutions, and you start saying, well, I want an individualized, you know, safe space for my child, then you start kind of breaking down these like ties of community of bring it back to Van Meter. It's, you know, a small school, K through 12, there is a pretty wide range of, you know, backgrounds, people would say, well, it's, you know, it's like all white, it's just white kids. (laughs) You're like, well, yeah, I mean, that's true. But there was a hell of a range among those white kids in terms of who was going to do what. You know, only a third of the class was going to go to a four-year college. There were as many guys in the year ahead of me who went into the military as to went to a four-year university. It was, you know, an actual melting pot of, you know, backgrounds and opinions. That's such an interesting perspective because I've never even thought about it like that. Well, I mean, the you know, the Casey's would advertise that they took food stamps. And there was a guy in my like class whose power got shut off in like their trailer in the trailer park when his dad was serving like a prison term for like methamphetamine possession. You could look from the outside as this, you know, suburban-esque bastion of privilege but when you're inside of it especially in the you know 90s it was still a small town in Iowa which struggles with you know any number of issues that you don't necessarily equate with you know small towns so it's for me hard to underestimate that connection and that when I went to someplace like Penn and you associated a lot of kids who had gone to private schools there might have been more racial diversity where they were from but it was often People were still well-educated, you know, privileged of means. And I had, I thought, a little more perspective on how a lot of people, like, actually lived, you know, what was, quote, a lot of money, 
was way less than what you know somebody from a private school at Penn would consider a lot of money. God, that's so true because nationality and skin color does not always denote privilege. Yeah, I, it's, true. and so you know, everything is going to be like a little more complicated than you think it is. But I think the goal is to you know find these places where communities can really come in and where kids can like meld together. And sometimes if you're taking you know your child and you want to give them like a leg up, like well oh, I want to give them like a, this kind of fast lane to circumvent everybody else. And so I want like a I want an education that's tailored specifically towards my child. That can actually be, I mean, in my opinion, slightly detrimental to their future. Yeah, I agree. That's that's very true. Um, do you find that Iowa is shifting politically? Because I'm from the deep south and I know a lot about conservatism. But when I moved here, I expected it to be, you know, progressive. <laughs> the first state that legalized gay marriage. Like, that's amazing. And I move here and, and we live in Van Meter and there's a lot of farmers in Adel where I work. And it seems very conservative. It's like the same. Yeah. I mean, Iowa truly is like a swing state in that Obama in 08 won Iowa by eight points. So just a blowout. And then Trump in 2016 won Iowa by 10 points. There are only a handful of states, you know, maybe four at most that fit that description. You know, how does the same population of people support uh, Barack Obama by eight percentage points and then support Donald Trump just eight years later. And arguably in that eight years, you know, Iowa would have gotten a little more progressive in th- just in who is like moving here. So Iowa is, you know, at heart going to be a swing state. And, you know, right now it's swung a little bit more towards the conservative side with, you know, state house and like elected officials. But at the same time, there's multiple storylines and that, as you know kim reynolds wins and you know republicans take the state house you know we you know move from three out of four u.s representatives are like democrats and two of them are women in a state that had not had a woman elected statewide uh up until i think Joni ernst was the first one and so it's only been recently that women have even like one office in iowa now in the u.s capitol senate and house combined we have as many women representing iowa as, as many men so it's the, the story is always going to be a little more complex than it seems, I guess. So who comes up with the idea for Raygun merch? A lot of us come up with the idea for Raygun stuff. We have Slack is the software we use to connect kind of all the stores together. We have a team of designers. There's maybe three-ish of us. But sometimes it's less about the design as it is just deciding what ideas become products versus tweets versus blog posts. And so... Oh, through. I didn't even think about that. So it's kind yeah, of I mean, it's, the whole platform of Raygun is online and everywhere. Well, and yeah, there's there's kind of a difference between, you know, a funny idea that people will like on social media versus a funny idea that people will pay you $23 for. And so a lot of it is deciding which idea is just funny and can be like a digital meme that we'll post versus which is something that we'll make a product out of and what types of products. And so through Slack, we get just lots of ideas from employees and all the stores and people suggest things. And that the designing is sometimes a little more like air traffic control where you're just deciding which ideas are going to become what products. And so it's a, it is a team effort. So in my mind, I have, you know, I think of all the movies that you see where people are sitting around in a boardroom with, you know, their MacBook and their feet on the table, just throwing ideas back and forth. So that's not what it looks like for oh, Raygun. It's, yeah, it's more digital. Yeah. People sometimes will say like, oh, so you guys just hang out and think of t-shirt <laughs> designs all day. And I'm like, God, that job would be amazing. No, we, you know, ideas come just in spurts throughout the day. And then once you have the idea, then it's, 
you know, just the legwork of implementing that idea. So designing, laying it out, we do all of our own production. So then it's making the screen, making the shirt, uploading photos, setting up the product and the point of sale software, you know, shipping the product to the other stores, getting the product put up on the website, shipping the product out for sale, promoting the product. So after the design is probably 90% of the work and it, you know, takes eight people in different departments to kind of make it all happen. And so at the end of the day, it's, it's still just running a small business. And even that is the product side. And then for me, there's also, you know, bookkeeping, quarterly reports, taxes, payroll, expenses, projections. It's all the stuff that's (laughs) not fun. Yeah. I mean, I'll spend a lot of time on Photoshop, but you also have to spend a lot of time on Excel too. So it's, it is a mix of lots and lots of things. Small business owning kids. You should do it. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? I have rapid fire questions. Oh, yeah. That I literally ask every guest. Yes. So it's funny because two of the questions are, are yours. <laughs> Ooh, thank God. So um, are you native transplant or captive? Yes. Native. Native. Oh, I yeah. Think? Oh, you're my second native. Okay. Native. Awesome. Do you own a ray gun shirt? <laughs> yeah, I mean, holy mackerel. Um, I own lots of Raygun shirts. What's Although, your favorite? Well, a lot of the ones that I own are like misprints or samples that weren't getting sold. My favorite Raygun shirt, though, is still Des Moines, let us exceed your already low expectations. <laughs> That's a good one. People are like, I'm here from Boston. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it's like, oh, thanks. <laughs> I live here. Also not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, What is the most quintessential Des Moines thing that you can think of working in insurance that's a good one insurance actuary yeah I mean insurance is the most quintessentially Des Moines thing that is so true after all these years my my two first guests both said the Iowa State Fair oh okay I mean I think yeah for Des Moines though I mean Iowa State Fair is more Iowa wide I I think Des Moines is just kind of like yeah insurance it's like stable and boring (laughs) it's like it's stable here and a little boring uh waveland biscuits and gravy is it a yes or no man this is going to um i don't think i've ever even had the biscuits and gravy at waveland but it's only because i have like four kids and so we never go out to eat and especially not for breakfast so you have four kids yeah which is too many um (laughs) if you're if anybody out there either has kids or is thinking about kids four is more than you need what did i see having four kids is like your oh god i can't even remember it's like you're tied up and then somebody throws you in a pool and they're like, yeah, we're when, I think it was like Jim Gaffigan once said like, oh, um, having uh, like four kids is like drowning and then somebody hands you a baby. Yes, that's it. That's what I was thinking. Of. Yep. Yeah. And it's that is so funny. Yeah, I mean, once you get to four, I think people start thinking you're having them for a reason. Like, I wonder why <laughs> these kids are ha- like are they Catholic Mormon. Are they breeding the resistance. And it's like, no, we just we're. I don't know what we were thinking. You definitely limit your mode of transportation. Like we, we have to have like a six passenger vehicle for everybody to ride legally. I mean, if this were the olden days, we could just have the five of us and then one is sitting in the hatchback part of our small Subaru. But now it's like, that's kind of frowned upon. Oh my God. We did that. My parents had a CRX. Do you remember those? The Honda CRX, the little small ones. Yeah. I mean, we always had like the minivan, but it was the minivan with only one bench seat and then a huge back. And so (laughs) I a mean, grocery could, getter. Yeah, I mean, you could fit like 12 kids in there and you'd all just like sit in the back and go driving around, which is, uh, you know, holy mackerel. Somebody would go to prison for that nowadays. <laughs> they would. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was amazing. It's my favorite by far. This is going to be like, if I ever have a podcast bio, (laughs) this is going to be on my podcast bio. Well, yeah. I I mean, I guess the goal is to get big enough where this one does not make it on your podcast bio, (laughs) that it's like national and everyone's like, who is this guy? Well, you know, honestly, I really want to keep it Des Moines local because I always like, I love supporting small businesses. And that was kind of the white space because I'm a podcast like Netflix addict. And I thought, what is not represented the midwest is not represented because i don't really consider um chicago necessarily as super midwest oh yeah and even then chicago is like not that well i mean it's still a distant third place behind new york and los angeles so that's true so i i just figured i would start where there was nothing which oh, yeah. there's nothing representing the midwest but des moines people who what are so what are people who live in des moines des moiners i don't know i somebody yeah somebody there was an article about us at the store one time and they were like mike is a native des moiner and i was like is that what we are we des moinians des moinites and um Des-moined. yeah i thought we were des moinians but i guess nobody i mean that's the thing is that uh we're not one of those cities that i guess focuses on what we need to call ourselves it's not happening so frequently that we got to figure out like people aren't referring to des moinians <laughs> so often yeah it's are. like i don't know iowans why not I just figure there's so many of us who love Des Moines, and I really have come to love Des Moines. I've learned a lot of things since I've been here that makes Iowa and the Midwest very unique. And I, I honestly feel privileged to be a part of it because it's growing and it's getting bigger. And we like it's it's big things happening here. Yeah, I mean, I just think the energy in Des Moines is a lot more than it was in the 90s. It's still in a lot of ways the same city as it was when I grew up here. Like all the major employers from 1995 are the major employers from 2020 but the energy in the city is a lot more positive and just a lot more active so it's a fun time to be here and i mean you got to be anywhere and i don't you know the the winters can get kind of lame but as clint eastwood said in gran torino i like the winters in the midwest it keeps the assholes away <laughs> that is true Another thing that I have to admit, and I don't know if I'm going to have to owe you some money for this or what. Oh, yeah, probably. So when I was struggling to come up with a topic for my podcast, because everybody always says, you know, talk about what you know and what you love. So I have a beauty business, but there are a thousand and one beauty business podcasts. (laughs) And I don't want to jump in that pond. You know what I mean? So I also am just like a true millennial. I am addicted to social media, following interesting people, watching their lives, wishing my life was theirs. And I thought, well, that's it. Why can't I just have an excuse to meet interesting people, a reason to leave the house and drive to Des Moines and talk to all these interesting people that I follow and I follow their lives every day. So why not? Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, what the hell would I even call it? I don't know. So I was in here maybe a month ago and I saw a T-shirt. It said slide in my DM. <laughs> and I thought, yep. Bing, that's it. In my DM podcast was born. Yep. So I bought the T-shirt today. Oh, yeah. I walked in. Yep. <laughs> have to have it. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we were charging people for licensing for stuff like that, we'd probably be way, way richer than we are currently. But we're still just kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like you said, it's, it's like an use incubator you want. for yeah. like crea- yep. the creatives because it's it's you spark ideas and it's just such a an amazing place. I just love it. Oh, I thanks do. so much. Yeah. It's nice to I mean, it, it really is if you're in the business of like creating a, you know, you're creating stuff for yourself. You know, I run Raygun to be entertaining and I find the store fun and the stuff we make also fun. But then, you know, the higher calling of creativity 
is not just like the sales side of it. It's to like inspire other people to create stuff. You kind of want to be in an environment where it gets people's like brains firing and they think about something. And it's not that they're going to do something exactly like what you're doing. It's that they take, you know, this store and use it as a kind of a tool to think of other things. And it's meant to kind of bring out what's inside other people and drive them to start doing stuff on their own too. So it's cool to see. I mean, it's just, it's really neat to see over the last 15 years stuff have started in the same space and people who have said, Oh, I, I started my thing because I saw what you had done. And you're like, Oh, it's, it's honestly the best feeling in the world. So, so I, I'll just end this episode by telling you that, you know, what you're doing in Des Moines is powerful. Like not only politically and to kind of um, give the underdogs like a, a sense of being important um, and being inclusive to everyone in the community, but also like we were talking about, because you really inspire creativity and, all those sorts of things. So oh. kudos to you. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah. So thank you so much for being on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Yeah. We'll get out <laughs> and, and enjoy this 20 degree weather. <laughs> yeah. it'll It's going to be great. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of In My DM. If you have someone in mind who is unique, interesting, or motivational, and they live, work, or play in one of the six counties that make up the Des Moines Metro. These are Polk, Dallas, Madison, Jasper, Guthrie, or Warren counties. Please send an email to inmydmpodcast at gmail.com because I'd love to hear about them. 